Welcome back to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. We have a really special guest. He is someone I met quite a while ago. I think it was 2010. We met at a multi-level marketing event. Uh, One of my friend's moms actually took me to it, and uh, it's ACN, if any of you have heard of it. And um, back then, I was riding around with Craig Cotter, up Parley's Canyon, up to Park City and doing meetings. And um, he is someone that I really looked up to. He (laughs) is someone that has had a ton of success. Um, Probably one of the most successful people I know, but you would never know that based on how he treats people and how he talks to you. He treats everybody the same. And uh, I remember him pumping me up like, you got this, you can do this. And I just thought, whoa, if this guy says I can do it, I can do it. <laughs> uh, he he has so many uh, accomplishments and accolades, but we're just going to tell you a few. Uh, right now, he is the VP of Sales of Trinot, which is a health and wealth education. Um, and he's been with them for five years. So he, he made the switch over from ACN, which is a pretty big switch because he was one of the top people in ACN and doing really well for himself. And something that's really cool is he was on Celebrity Apprentice uh, back when Donald Trump was doing the Celebrity Apprentice. He was a guest on there. So, Craig, we are so excited to have you. We can't wait to hear some awesome and amazing stories. And uh, thanks for taking the time to to do this with us. Happy to be here, man. And uh, really, really excited to uh, to be a part of this uh, awesome, awesome interview, awesome podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun and and I can't believe it's been 11 years ago, Jordan. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel really old now. <laughs> like, I, I remember I was thinking, was I in college then? But I don't even think I was a college student. I just remember asking you to give me rides to Park City because I couldn't afford gas up there. And you came and picked me up in your nice car. And I remember you you speeding up the the canyon. And I was like are you not worried about getting a ticket? And you're like, ah, oh, no, I got it. And I mean, that was the fastest I went from Salt Lake to Park City. And I remember that ride vividly because I, I just asked you so many questions and you shared everything with me. So I appreciate it. I remember your story. You'd get up on stage in ACN and tell your story about how you were a college kid and, and basically bought your own business on your credit card. Um, I'm sure that story's changed. So why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, where you're at, and just so our audience knows kind of what you're doing and what you're up to. Yeah, no problem. Um, I am older than you, Jordan. So if you're feeling old, then that makes me uh, um, much older. Uh, no, I'll be turning I'll be turning 40 here in a, uh, about a week and a half. So I'm uh, just rolling over 40, the big 4-0. Uh, and I've had, uh, you know, quite a a fun ride, an entrepreneurial ride the last, it'll be 20 years um, here this next year. So I, uh, you know, at 21 years old, uh, I was in college and I did not love the structural piece of college. I didn't, I didn't like that, 
you know, I was paying, you know, for credits that wouldn't, wouldn't apply to what I was after or doing just to check the box of getting credits. Uh, so when I got back from uh, my church service mission at 21 years old, I literally was like, you know what? I don't dig college. Therefore, I don't see myself going and getting uh, a prestigious degree just to go get a job for somebody. Um, so, uh, however, I'm very money motivated, though. So I'm very uh, I shouldn't say money motivated because that really defines somebody. Money drives me, but it's it's the freedom that comes with having money that really is my ultimate driver. And so when I was 21 years old, I, I got married, uh, you know, really, really quickly uh, at 21, uh, dove into school. Uh, my, my original plan was to go get my MBA um, because that's what they said you had the best shot at making the most amount of money in business, uh, you know, structurally. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go get my MBA and uh, jumped into my first semester at Salt Lake Community College and uh, hated every bit of it, but I stomached it. Um, I went through it. Uh, I, I uh, you know, did the best that I could. And I just still kept saying, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. Uh, I actually went and got my real estate license. So it's, I do have a real estate uh, box in my resume. It's not big by any means or, or to any degree that you guys have accomplished uh, or anybody else. But I did go get my real estate license. Why? Because it was a flexible way to make money. That's really what drove me uh, to getting my real estate license. And then uh, I got introduced to network marketing and, and network marketing uh, for me was, was something that, you know, just made a lot of sense. I, I uh, just wanted to get out of the traditional methods of making money. Uh, I had a retail job at a cell phone store that I hated. It was great, but I hated it because I hated set hours. I hated having to show up at a set time, leave at a set time uh, permission to do this, permission to do that, vacation this, vacation that. It just all drove me nuts. I felt like a caged animal uh, that just wanted to do a lot of things. But Jordan, like you mentioned, I was broke. Um, and uh, and so I didn't have a lot of excess money. I don't come from a lot of extra money. I was raised well. I was raised to work hard. Uh, but I definitely don't come from things handed to me. Uh, I could just go buy whatever I wanted because my parents would buy it for me. That's not the route that I took or, or had growing up. Uh, and so I was motivated to have flexibility and options. And I ended up ultimately landing in network marketing. Uh, didn't know that this was going to be my career path. Uh, but I got invited to go to a meeting. Like many people on this that are listening to this podcast have probably been invited to go to a meeting, a meeting of some sort, uh, some type of making <laughs> money meeting. Uh, and I got, you know, invited to come by one of my best friends who I trusted. And I went and listened to a gentleman give a speech. And I was like, wow, this is something I can do around school. This makes sense. I mean, this is a path that I can work my own hours and do my own thing. And it's up to me. And uh, I jumped into that and uh, made, a, made a strong uh, part-time push at it uh, that eventually led into me walking away from school in my second semester. I literally W'd every one of my classes about gave my wife a 21 year old heart attack because uh, <laughs> that was not what she drew up as far as our game plan goes, uh, you know, in the path of, of my career. Uh, I was radical by my family. That was like a radical move. That was something that was kind of left hook. Uh, but you know, it was, uh, it was a challenging time in my life because I had a lot of doubters. Uh, I had a lot of people that didn't believe in my decisions that I felt right making. 
and it just felt like it was the right thing to do. And there's, you know, a lot of, I mean, we could, we could talk about that topic right there alone for a while, but uh, I just, I felt motivated by negativity and I felt motivated by doubt. Uh, So that's actually what fueled me even more to be successful in my venture that I was choosing at time, which was network marketing. Uh, but however, I wasn't good at it. So I'm not the network marketing rocket ship story. Uh, I'm not an entrepreneurial rocket ship story. I failed my way forward. I fell on my face repeatedly. Uh, I struggled and struggled and struggled. I had debt. Uh, I, I went all in and I went all in on, you know, feeling and, and gut and, and uh, desire and excitement. But there were some challenges there, which I think every entrepreneur entrepreneur faces to some degree, and I definitely faced them. Uh, but persevered, and after about a couple of years of really struggling, uh, things started to come together and, and take off in a major way. And and my career really hasn't slowed down since since that year three. So I know it's kind of a five minute version of my story. Uh, I know we'll probably dive deeper into a few of those. Uh, uh, you know, rabbit holes of my story, but I'm definitely uh, a story of perseverance, consistency, and, uh, and and really being motivated by proving people wrong has really been the chip on my shoulder my yeah. whole career. I, I I think that's a really good place to start because uh, it's really easy to go to success and see someone, you know, successful and think, Oh man, if only I could be that person, or if only I had what he had, or if I had his personality type. So I want to go back to like the very beginning, but walk us through that struggle and the pushback that you had, maybe from your family and friends share. I think that's the most inspiring thing to hear in people's stories is the very beginning and the struggle, because it's, it's just, it's realistic to me. Like it's, it's going to happen at some point, even if you start out really, really hot, there's going to be some point that you hit a dip and uh, are in a Valley. So what, what was one point that really stood out to you when you started or just throughout your career that is like, I don't know if I can do this or um, just something that stands out that you could share with the audience to, to say, look, if you're going through something similar, you, you got to keep going. Yeah. So it, to me, it was really, it wasn't hard mentally based on a decision. So I'll tell you kind of the root of that decision. And, and this is what I've been taught through many mentors. You make a decision and then you make it the right one. Uh, you can't make a decision and then regret that decision because you already made it. So why regret a decision you already made when you just need to make the best out of the decision you chose? And so when I chose to walk away from school, that was literally like, that's like, that's pulling the ripcord. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's literally, I, I had no choice. It's, it's, I made the jump and I was either going to completely destroy my life or I was going to make something out of it and, and do something big with it. So, you know, when I made the decision, number one, I forced myself to make it the right one. Um, and, and I'm not telling everybody listening to this, that the decision you make as a young entrepreneur at that time is the ultimate right one, but it's a stepping stone to possibly the right one you'll eventually land into. Um, and, and that's really how I entered that. Now I battled a lot of negativity coming from my wife. My joke over 20 years has been, I was sleeping with the enemy right from day one of my (laughs) entrepreneur career. 
Uh, and, <laughs> you know, we're still married, so I don't want anyone to think this ends badly, but, you know, I'm happily married with three kids and uh, I've never been, never been more happy. But thank you. But literally, I would I would face negativity every single day for my wife. And and when I when I look at the perspective of that, you know, she was working full time supporting me, you know, in school. So that was kind of our plan. She was going to work full time while I while I uh, chipped away at school and made that happen with my part time cell phone job that I was talking about. And and so her perspective was I'm over here slaving, killing myself, working eight, nine hour days for you to go play around in a hobby that you don't even know is going to work yet. And now that the perspective is there from her side, I see why she was frustrated with me because, you know, I wasn't bringing in money. I wasn't having fast success. And so for her, it just kind of felt like a waste of time because a lot of people's mindset growing up for me has been conditioned for instant gratification. I work an hour, I get paid for that hour, right? I work this month, I get paid for this month. And to an entrepreneur, it's all about delayed gratification. It's all about what I do day in and day out. Yeah, I might not see the fruits of those labors today. However, those fruits can come later for work I did in the beginning that I'm not necessarily doing later. So it's just a flip of a, of a mindset that I was kind of blessed with that perspective. Not that I even grew up with that perspective because my family is so traditional. I don't even know where the entrepreneur spirit came from me or was instilled in me. Because my family is the traditional family through and through. W-2 jobs. Yep. W-2 job, play it safe, 401ks, you know, just work 40, 50 years of your life and retire with blah, blah, blah. Um, and that that's yeah. what I grew up in was conditioned around. But that's not what I wanted. And so when, when I, you know, your, your question was what drove me. What drove me was very simple. Other people had had success doing what my pet plan was to do. Why could I not eventually figure it out? It was that was it was that yeah. simple and black and white in my head. And that's such a first grade answer, but it's it's true. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Why why would you think you couldn't do it when you see other individuals? Call them mentors. You know, call them coaches. Call them just influential people in your life that you've watched from a distance. You're like, wow, they've done it. They figured it out. They made it happen. And for me, I was just like, if they made it happen, why can't I make it happen? There's no reason why I can't do it if they've done it. And um, another point that I will make is that when you're entering into something, when you're ent entering into real estate, right? Why, why do you go get a real estate license? Why do you go and do real estate? Why do you join network marketing? Why do you go and start a business? Because you have the the excitement of what it can be or what it can become you know i go and get my real estate license because i know there's great money in real estate i know you can do a lot of good out there i know you can invest in it i know you can build a great life around it and have you know reoccurring income coming from that and that dream is there to do it but a lot of the times we're comparing our chapter one to somebody's chapter 10 you know and you're looking up to this mentor you're looking up to this person that you look up to and you're like, why is that not me? Well, you don't know what their chapter one looked like. So you can't compare your chapter one to their chapter 10 um, because most oftentimes they have the similar chapter one and two and three that you had. Uh, it's just not talked about uh, you know, enough uh, at those types of levels. So just be careful 
who you compare yourself against, but then let it motivate you that if it's already been done by him or her, then why can't it be done by you? So I've got a question for you. Um, you said that you really gained traction your third year. Uh, do you remember what kind of money you were making the first two years that you were just struggling? Um, vividly. Uh, it was that yeah. painful. Oh, is that painful? So I made a combined $14,000 <laughs> in two years. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Horrible. Horrible. Um, well, yeah. again, based on perspective, it just depends on how you look at it. But I was, you know, you're like, people, I'm fine. <laughs> well, some people don't make any money for years, right? I mean, they'll go, they'll go and invest yeah. 50K or 100K or lots of money into business and never see and not see a return for years. So if you look at it from that perspective, all right, well, right. I saw a return, uh, but it definitely, I wasn't being talked about. Nobody was running around saying, have you heard of this Craig guy? Holy cow. He's taking, you know, business by storm. None of that was happening for me, but, uh, yeah. So yes, Darren, answer your question. That that's what it was. It was, it was peanuts. Uh, and again, led to the reason my wife was so daggone frustrated because the, the return on my effort was, was very little at that point. So year three, you saw a pretty good uptick in, in your income at least. Yeah. So year three, I jumped over hundred K. So I That's literally great. went from what I would call zero to hero or whatever the heck, whatever, you know, slogan you want to use, but yeah, you know, it, I went from very much frustrated to Holy cow, this is actually happening for me. Yeah. I think that a lot of people like uh, you just have an insane amount of perseverance because um, doing something for a year or two years and not having, I mean, you can't, you can't feed a family or pay your bills off 14 grand in two years. And that would be really, really hard. Um, was there anything that like, besides just you just having some grit, was there anything that helped you to keep going to, to keep your picture of this is what I want? Cause I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in that situation of, <laughs> I mean, I have like a family now, so I think of all the bills I have to pay and it's a little bit different than just being a, a college student, like young, yeah. newly married, but that would be hard. That'd be really hard. And I don't know if I would stick with it. If I, I don't know if I would be like, you know what, Maddie, we, I need to do something else because this is a cut in it. Yep. So you made a couple of good points. Number one, you know, Gary V talks about this all the time. If you follow or listen to Gary V at all. But Gary V literally challenges young people, right? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. When your bills are low, your, 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 you know, your risk is low. You don't have mouths to feed. I mean, I, you know, when you've got little kids and a spouse looking at you to feed them, that's, that's pressure. And yeah. at 21, Darren, you're right. Would I have made the same decisions at, say, 30 or 35 or 40 that I am now? that I would at 21? Absolutely not. I wouldn't have done it. Um, I wouldn't have gone as black and white, cut dry, quit everything, go all in. I probably would have done it more, you know, on a scalable part-time basis. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Just week in and week out, plugging some part-time hours into something, but not walking away from, you know, what would be considered someone's job or plan A at that point. Um, there definitely is some smarts around these conversations. You can't just light your hair on fire and then hope that the world, you know, is nice to you. Um, there's, there's definitely some smarts around it. And, and I would definitely suggest and recommend taking advice from a mentor. 
um, all of us should be seeking mentors all the time. Uh, people that, that you know, are in the position we want to be in, that have the knowledge that we want to have. And I would always have a soundboard. Is this a good idea? Given what you know, given what you know about where I'm at, given what you know, deals that I have lined up, given the income that I've made, is this a wise decision to walk away from what I'm currently using to pay my bills, to use this vehicle to pay my bills? Um, that, that is a massive piece of advice because I didn't have a mentor back then. It was light my hair on fire, but I could do it at 21 because I wasn't going to go bankrupt at that yeah. stage of my life. Um, it was a good time to roll the dice and, and take a risk. That's really good. I love your, I love your story, man, because I'm, I mean, we're all, I'm from the generation two of instant success and I see somebody, okay, you've been doing yours for 20 years. I know people that have been doing real estate for 20 years. And recently I've been able to, to like realize that and that all realize all the work that people have put in. But for a long time, I would want to do a job and then expect to be, like you said, at someone else's chapter 10, when I'm at my chapter one, um, like I have a friend who's an agent in, in California, he's been doing it 15, 20 years. And he, he makes a million bucks a year, but he made like 20 grand his first two years. He said it was year three that it broke through. And so I think it's so valuable for us to hear, for, for you to share with everybody that <clears throat> the real path to success, it's not, you started and then year one, you were making over a hundred grand. You just launched off in a rocket ship. It was like, no, you made literally no money. You were probably negative by all the stuff, you know, gas and uh, things you had to pay for not only that but your wife was not totally on board either at the beginning mm -hmm. you were dealing with a lot of uh you know negative pressures i guess against your idea that you were pursuing so that's i think it's awesome yeah so i want to jump into another thing with you craig because uh i think this will relate a lot to to real estate too um you're really good at building relationships, probably one of the best people I've ever met. And it goes back to the intro where you just make people feel welcome and better than they actually think of themselves. At least that's how you make me feel. Um, and it's so crucial in anything to do with sales is relationships. And I think that's what I find most intriguing about you is you're able to build strong relationships very quickly. Um, and it's a skill that if you can, <clears throat> they always say this, it's not about who you know, but what, or what you know, but who, you know, um, how do you build those relationships and, and what advice would you give on building relationships for real estate agents or anybody in sales or that someone that needs to build relationships? Because I feel like we all can get better with relationships, not just from our jobs, but also our families, our wives, our kids. What is there something that you use as a model or um, it's just, you've done it for so long that uh, it's been so much practice. You're just really good at it. Um, no, it's a good question. And, and I just to kind of tee off an answer to your question, I I've lived by a saying really my whole adult life, uh, and it, it comes from what my mom instilled in me, right? That gaining trust is easy, but once you lose trust, it's so hard to gain back, right? So if you, you know, that's just what my mom told me all the time. If you lie, 
people are going to label you as someone that's, you know, that's not truthful. They're, they're going to question what comes out of your mouth. You know, if you, if you, you know, take advantage of people, there's always that, you know, like what is the real intention here behind this conversation? So as I grew up having that instilled in me, and then when I became an adult, you know, I quickly realized that burning bridges in life is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't know why anybody would, unless you are literally being, you know, mentally abused, physically abused, sexually abused, uh, you know, what, like if it was super, you know, if it's obviously a very stressful situation you're in, absolutely. You know, you don't, you don't need to be around that toxicity. However, just because someone doesn't align with you mentally, they don't align with your mindset. They don't align with your goals. They don't align, you know, with, with your desired outcomes of life political views, religious views. I don't care what you want to, you know, all these things create division. And we've seen it so much, you know, the last uh, handful of years of just massive division of opinion, just because of somebody, you know, somebody doesn't believe or think the same way you think. Now, in my opinion, your network is your net worth, period, end of story. If you really, truly want to, you know, accomplish many great things, you can't burn bridges throughout your life. And, you know, I've, you know, I've always said, don't burn a bridge you could potentially cross in the future. Uh, because just because now you and I are not aligning, or you and I don't want to do business together, or, you know, this deal didn't work out because you and I aren't seeing eye to eye or whatever it might be, or maybe your mom used another real estate agent. She didn't use you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you know, she's like, well, he's just getting started and he doesn't quite know. And I don't trust him yet. You know, and she uses someone else. Does that mean you write your mom off or say, I'm not coming to Thanksgiving dinner? No, you just have to go and meet people where they are and, uh, and, and literally care about them beyond a money-making transaction. And that's, that's where I really feel that has helped me a lot. You know, I've, I've obviously chose network marketing, right? A lot of you that are listening have chosen real estate or you're choosing these different things. Jordan mentioned sales. If you can genuinely care about people that's not attached to a monetary transaction, you're going to be a great networker uh, and you're going to be a great relationship builder because people know if there's a hidden agenda around your motive, uh, around your motive, um, right? Are you only my friend because you're trying to get a deal out of me, right? Are you only my friend because you want me to join your MLM? Are you only my friend because of X, Y, Z? And I think that's where a lot of people have such short term thinking that, you know, if I'm not doing this deal with you today, then I'm writing you off, get out of my face. You know, you, you know, I don't have time for you. I think that's the dumbest mindset in business that I've ever heard. Uh, and in my career, people would say, well, if you're, you know, if you're not X committed, then lose my phone number. You know, if, if you're not doing X, Y, Z on a daily basis, don't call me. That to me is insanity. Uh, just because, you know, I mean, look, Jordan, you and I are here doing a podcast together 11 years later. If I was a jerk to you 11 years ago, you would have been like, dude, I'm never interviewing. I don't even want to be around that guy. He's a jerk. Um, right. And who knows where this podcast will go? Who knows where, you know, these relationships continue to, to blossom and, and go into and, and that's just a mindset that I want everybody to know. Just don't burn a bridge before, or, you know, that you could potentially cross again. And you don't want that reputation out there either because gossip and negativity travels quickly, especially when it's about other people. 
So if you've got a bad reputation in your industry, that's going to travel a lot faster than the good transaction you did or the one good thing that you did. Uh, people are going to remember the, the, the one bad deal you did or the one bad person mm -hmm. that, you, that you influenced far more than the 10 or 20 or 100 good deals you did. Now, to go back to your other question, Jordan, what, what's kind of my formula? Um, you know, people love talking about themselves. Uh, so, you know, in, in sales, you got to be a better listener than you are a talker. Um, and people will actually talk their way into a problem that hopefully you can help resolve. And that's what I think the best salesmen and the best uh, networkers on the planet do is that they try and meet you where they are and they try and find ways that they can provide value to you um, through, you know, wherever you currently are sitting in your life. So, you know, I've lived by a little um, um, acronym called FORM. This is just me. It's, it's really elementary. I didn't invent it. I've been taught it many, many years. But, you know, people, you know, when I get to know you and I literally follow this formula, if I'm meeting someone in church, if I'm meeting somebody in business, if I'm meeting somebody at my, you know, kid's school, it's just a, it's a similar formula that will just help people spark conversation and it helps create conversation. And in sales, a lot of the times, the first conversation is the hardest. The ice-breaking conversation is the hardest. It's the getting to know you is the hardest. Um, and when, when I go over this little formula of form, F-O-R-M, okay, family, occupation, recreation, motivation. So my goal is to find out about you, right? About your family, right? Are you married? Do you have kids? How old are they? I mean, these are questions that people love to talk about if they're asked and you're just gaining more and more and more trust, you know, through asking these personalized questions. Occupation, where do you work? Do you love it? How long have you been there? Do you see yourself doing that for the rest of your life? Uh, you know, and, and most of the time people are like, I hate it. You know, I don't, I don't love what I do. I, I, you know, I'm always looking for, for this or for that recreation. What do you do for fun? What do you do for hobbies? Do you golf, right? Do you four wheel? Do you camp? These are just ways that in your brain, you're asking these questions to find common ground that you can then build off of uh, to strengthen that relationship. And then motivation, motivation can be around money. It could be around, you know, what drives you, what ultimately is, what, you know, what ultimately does your dream life look like? Where, where do you, where would you love to see yourself five or 10 years from now? Uh, and then just let people tell you where, where their motives are. And then you just come in and provide value. You provide common ground. Oh my gosh, I love camping too. Wow. I've got three kids as well. Oh, oh my gosh. I got a 16 year old daughter too. Is this crazy? You just find those common grounds and then, um, and then you utilize that to at least establish a relationship um, long before you ever asked to do a business transact transaction with somebody um, would be my, my greatest networking advice, I guess, or relationship building advice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think what you do to, goes we, right we probably across need to what follow we do. Form. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, go ahead. The delay again, Darren. <clears throat> no, I was going to say we should probably follow the form uh, on, on our podcast. Uh, you know, start out family. We've already hit his occupation. Now I think we need to ask Craig about his recreation and what he likes to do for fun. <laughs> uh, I, I'm fun motivated. I'm travel motivated. Um, you know, I'm, I'm freedom motivated. I do like golfing. I like snowboarding. I like outdoors things. You know, I'm not a 
avid camper, but I love camping. Um, you know, anything outdoors, anything that's fun, adventurous, I'm in, uh, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I wouldn't consider myself an adrenaline junkie, but I, I'm a fun junkie. I just like, you know, uh, planning for things for me, my wife and I, we love traveling. We love fine dining. I know that sounds really bougie, but it's not really that bougie. We just like finding good food. We like, <laughs> we like finding, you know, great restaurants. We like finding the hidden gems. We like finding those things, whether it's, you know, in Salt Lake city where we live, or, you know, if it's a, a place where we, we travel, um, we just, we're motivated by that. Where are we, what, what part of the world are we going to see next? That those kinds of things really motivate me. Uh, and I was always raised as a, you know, uh, put a goal out there, go for the goal, reward yourself for the goal, um, type of, type of behavior. So for me and my wife, it's usually vacations and trips and, and, uh, and those types of things that, you know, go crank it hard for a few months, then let's go on a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's super important to, to reward yourself because, uh, we had a guest on, um, couple weeks ago and he and his wife were so frugal and working so hard for a certain amount of years and they went to go buy uh their dream home and they were going to build their dream home and he said I just got so nervous because we had lived frugal I didn't know you know what the the uh, neighborhood would be like if I would have to live up to a new status I didn't want to go there and so he's like we backed out of the home. And he said, we took our family on a trip to Costa Rica for three months. He took his entire family. And he said, that's when I went on that trip, that's what really clicked in my mind. I, I kind of switched to a new motivation. Like this is what I really want. And it, it, he, he, he explained <clears throat> it as it, it unlocked a new um, part of him to, to reach for higher goals and, see himself, um, more valuable. So I think those are important moments to reward yourself. Not only do they motivate you, but it gives you time to reflect and think about, you know, your next moves. So, um, what, what's one of those moments that has unlocked for you? Um, it could be in the beginning. It could be recently last year. Was there a trip or a moment that you just said, okay, it's time to, to kick it up a notch. Yeah. So, couple couple of moments to stand out number one I remember when I when I first started into network marketing um, you know I didn't grow up with nice things so I was actually so motivated to get a nice thing and for me back then it was a c-class Mercedes obviously it wasn't the super expensive Mercedes but it was like the entry level door into the Mercedes brand <laughs> and and I'll never forget I was you know driving my white Honda Accord and I, you know, in my downtime around appointments and things, I would go down to Ken Garth, downtown Salt Lake City, 6 South State Street. I'll never forget it. I'd pull right there on the street. I would sit there in my Honda Accord and I would just pound out phone calls. And I was just, I was literally <laughs> looking as looking at the, the, the thing I wanted and use that as motivation to drive emotion through my phone calls you know, that I needed to do to, you know, build my clientele, build my network, build, build whatever it is that, you know, back then I was, I was building a network and, uh, and looking to, to build a team. So as I was making phone calls, I was just sitting there looking at that car, like, man, I'm going to get you. And each and every one of these phone calls, uh, you know, can be one step closer to that goal. Ended up getting that car, which is awesome. So I did, I did uh, reward myself with that car. 
Uh, and then, you know, you know, things elevated. I got nicer cars back, back in my twenties, cars motivated me They They don't motivate me anymore. I've just shifted. Um, and, but cars motivated me and, you know, I'd hit a goal and go and get a nicer car. I hit a goal. My, my, my <laughs> pinnacle, my pinnacle car I ever owned was a continental Bentley GT. Um, I don't know if you ever uh, saw that car, Jordan. I don't think you, did you ever see that car? I don't, was, I don't think I did. Uh-uh. I sold it right around that time. Um, but th- that's what motivated me. But, you know, at the time, was that the smartest financial move? Absolutely not. It wasn't. But to get myself going, to make the calls, to, to you know, I fed that desire within me. And that's what I saw as, as rewarding for me at that time. So, you know, you know, like your buddy, you know, you talked about with Costa Rica, you know, and those types of things, you know, you've, you've got to whatever it is that makes you tick, if it's owning more real estate properties, if it's X amount in the bank, if it's, you know, X amount a year that you make, you've got to have that, that clear cut goal in front of you. And then you have to reward yourself. You have to, there is no reason why all of us should kill ourselves trying to be successful and not enjoy the moments of success uh, because if we never enjoy the moments of success, we're always going to be miserable because there's always more success to be had. Uh, and there's there's somebody always doing better than you. There's always somebody that has more than you. So, you know, you've got to you got to find your your things that make you tick and that motivate you. And, you know, for me, I can relate to everybody now. You know, I don't I don't have a Bentley. I, you know, I have a Jeep. I have a Ford F-150 truck. And that's literally, that's what I, that's what I have now. So the Bentleys don't motivate me anymore. Financial savviness and more, my future right now motivates me more than having an expensive car in my driveway. So, you know, it's just, you have seasons of your life, but reward those seasons and, uh, and, and reward those memories. You know, and another mentor of mine said, you know, you want to, <clears throat> you, you never want to die with dreams, right? die with memories, but don't die with dreams. Uh, that's like crazy to me that we all will kill ourselves working for goals. And, uh, and man, go create those memories. Take your kids on that Costa Rican vacation. You know what I mean? If that's the, if that's the reward for, for your effort, you know, that you're putting in, man, do it. Cause those memories are, are huge. And, and those are things that you definitely will never regret. I've never regretted spending time with my family. That's, that's never, yeah. it's never something that I've been like, oh man, I regretted doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, but people regret not spending more time with their family. That's common. You hear that all the time, but yeah. you definitely go reward those people that are, that are in your corner and that are with you and that are fighting with you. Go reward, go so reward Craig, yourself with them. You did ACN for, I'm looking at your LinkedIn. So you were there for 13 and a half years and then you switched to Trinant and you're vice president of sales there. What? Like what's next for you? What, what motivates you to, I mean, I imagine you're doing great, you know? So like, what, what is it now that, what are you pushing for next? I guess, what's your next goal that you want to achieve? Yeah. So, um, again, I, I never thought I would be in a corporate network marketing position ever. Um, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, a decision I made 18 years ago has led me to this desk that I'm talking to you on right now, you know, and, and I didn't know that 18 year ago decision would lead me to here, but this is where I'm at and, and having the most success of my life. And I'm so blessed, so grateful. 
Um, and you know, all those struggles are completely worth the moments that I'm in right now in life that I had, you know, 18, 19 years ago. So, um, what is next for me? Uh, you know, Jim Rohn, who's another long-term mentor of mine, um, who has sent and he's passed, but great, great guy. Um, and is, has so many applications of business mindset that you can, that you can translate into any industry. Um, but you know, he always said, you, you're only the, your income is directly related to the value that you bring to the marketplace. Right? So what value are you bringing to the marketplace? And I don't care what industry you're, you're, you're in. I don't care what you're doing. What value are you bringing to the marketplace? And therefore, your life will elevate or your financial you know, status can elevate based on the value that you bring. If you're making X amount a year right now, that's because that's how valuable you are to the marketplace. Now, that might hurt some of your pride and ego. Some, some people that are listening to this is like, dude, forget I'm worth you, more Craig. than that. Yeah. Forget you, Craig, right? But the, the thing is, is that that's where you are. That's the value you're bringing. So instead of complaining about your situations, instead of complaining about the money you're making, work on bettering you, work on creating more value, work on creating, you know, more resource for people to need you, right? They, they need you, they need to be around you. And therefore people will pay for value. Uh, if you're a real estate agent, people pay for value. They pay for being, you being a good person, delivering a great, you know, uh, service, being timely, being honest, being, you know, communicating, being transparent, you know, those are things that are, they don't cost you anything, but you can immediately separate, separate yourself from so many other competitors just because you're bringing and adding more value, you know, to, to, you know, what you're, what you're trying to do. So Darren, what is my next goals? Um, you know, the be, becoming the VP is slightly different than going out there and, and being, you know, building a team uh, like I did for, you know, like you saw on my resume there for 13 and a half, almost 14 years, uh, I built a team and, you know, I recruited people, helped them, helped them hit ranks, help them hit goals. And, you know, I got compensated by helping a lot of people, um, you know, receive money and get compensated. But now my goals and vision have changed. Um, and it's more about a mission now for me. It's more about accomplishing something that's far bigger than me, being a part of something that's bigger than me. It's not necessarily about, um, it's not necessarily about my monthly check from network marketing anymore, right? Back in the day, it was all about how much am I making a month through network marketing. For me now, it's all about, great, I'm making awesome money, but what is the footprint that I'm leaving in the world? And I know that sounds really corny, but it's, it's just, there's, there's different levels of mindset and motivation. And when you achieve a certain level of financial um, you know, exciting type of incomes or conversations. And those are different for everybody, right? I don't make 10 million a year. I don't make a hundred million. I'm not worth, you know, crazy, crazy amounts of money, but I have enough for what I need. I have enough to invest. I have enough to build a life. I have enough to put away. And those, those buckets that I'm putting my money in today are sufficient for really what I'm striving to achieve in my now financial life. Now, do I have goals of compounding my money, you know, over the next five, 10, 20 years? Of course. I'm, I want to retire with a lot, but it's not the monthly income that drives me today. 
Okay. It's more about what will I have as I'm, as I'm, as I'm growing my, my long-term future. But for me and my status, right. How, how, you know, how do I make people feel right? Are they better because they met me? You know, do they, do they enjoy being a part of, of my company or our company that we're building, you know, because they feel value here, they feel a great culture. Uh, you know, those, those types of things is really what motivates me and, and building the company that I'm in, you know, to a billion dollar company. Um, that doesn't mean I'll make a billion dollars, but I'm a part of something that is that big that, that is definitely within reach. It's in my crosshairs. I can taste it. And that's all that I really need. Uh, and then I'll have doubters and haters, just like I did 19 years ago when I got started <laughs> in this industry. And people will think, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they'll doubt this and doubt that. But again, that doesn't bug me. Um, so know, Craig, so- that has never gone away. There's still people like talking, talking smack. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> that's and crazy. That's why. crazy. <clears throat> I'll tell you why. And it's, 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 it's such a, it blows my mind in society, but everybody, if you think about it, right. Okay. I'm a Utah jazz fan. I know Jordan is too, Darren. I don't know you that well yet, but I'm a Utah jazz fan. They have the best record in the NBA right now. What does everyone out there want right now of the jazz for them to lose? And it's because, and I yeah. felt the same way, the gold state warriors, when they were killing it the last five years or yeah. LeBron James, well, you know, these types of individuals, and it's, 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 look, I would consider myself to be a fairly savvy, trained mindset type person. I even have hate against the Warriors because they're winning so much because I want them to lose and swap them yeah. with, say, the Jazz or my team or whatever it might be. And so to go back to your statement, yeah, there are people that it drives them nuts that I'm having success. Um, you know, it drives them nuts. And it's not that they want to, they don't like me personally. It's not that they wish ill will on me. They just, they're not willing to do the same things I was willing to do. So what do you sit back and do? You sit back and wish, you know, oh man, I just, I just, I'm sick of watching Craig have success or I'm sick of watching Darren and Jordan do deals every single month. This is crazy to me. And they just kind of wish that you'll go through a valley subconsciously so it never to make goes themselves away. so better maybe totally totally yeah um yeah so I, I, we were watching the jazz game yesterday playing the warriors and i as i was watching i was just thinking man they're playing really hard like this this team's not that good and i was trying to uh figure out like what is going on because it's not often that the jazz are the best team in the league maybe back in the john and carl days and I was too young to, you know, think this way, but I thought every single night, every team wants to beat us and they're bringing their best. So if we don't bring our best, it, it could look like it's a bad loss, but we're in a situation where you have to bring your, your game. And this relates to the jazz and business. I think maybe that's why I like sports. Cause I always, I always relate business and sports together, but Mm -hmm. you have to bring your A game to make it to that next level. And I think the jazz are at that point right now where you have Quinn Snyder, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, they're, they're hitting that next level, but they're also uh, facing a lot of resistance. And it's how do you learn how to, to get to that next level that the great people have done like Michael Jordan or uh, the golden state warriors back when they were just dominating everybody. Um, so it's, it's fun to watch. Um, we, 
I'm going to kind of switch directions now because we wanted to, we try and talk a little bit about real estate. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I know Darren was concerned. He's like, has he ever done real estate? Should we have him on? I'm like, dude, we're having him on. It's Craig. It like someone will learn something from Craig. You've been sharing. Dude, I have a we full do like page of notes. <laughs> You've been sharing so much yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, as he was sorry talking, to cut you off, talking it, I had like a flashback. I had a flashback to when I was sitting in his car. Just was like, man, it's the same feeling I got ten years ago that Craig is giving me again, where I feel like I can go run a marathon and I've never ran a 5k race before, <laughs> but, uh, what, what is your experience in real estate? Do you still have an active license? Uh, even if it's just buying a home, do you have, uh, um, experience a story that can help someone, um, in the real estate process it, it, as simple as buying your first home or buying a home, looking for a home, finding an agent, anything to do with real estate? Yeah. <clears throat> It's funny because I've I've, all, I've had little little uh, tentacles into real estate through different seasons of my career, which I think every successful person out there, real estate's in your portfolio somewhere. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just kind of it's the given of asset building um, as you're as you're going out there and and pursuing higher levels of of financial uh, security. So <clears throat> yeah, through my through my career, um, I you know I went and got my my license and. Uh, and again, through networking, my, my networking platform has been MLM, right? It's been network marketing. And that's how I've met so many people. Every single person that I, well, I shouldn't say every single person, but majority of people in my life today come from some network of somebody that I met through my network marketing career. And so when I, when I had my, my real estate license, you know, when I, was, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I kept it active, networked into a group. I was still doing network marketing, but I networked into a group and uh, they were an investor group. And we, we uh, you know, they used my buddy and I to just go out and, you know, do transactions. We were the, we were the real estate agents. So we represented them and, and their money. And we just went and, um, and bought a ton of properties. And, and you know, part of, uh, part of our strategy was, you know, we had ownership in those, those, uh, properties. So prior to 08, in fact, 04, 05, 06, 07, um, I, I had, uh, you know, uh, I think 12, you know, it got, we got up to about 12, uh, homes, properties that, that, uh, that I had ownership in. I didn't own them outright, but I had ownership in with partners, and, uh, and our goal was to just go and, and uh, build up a portfolio of hundreds of homes that we had, you know, small percentages of that we, that we would, uh, you know, eventually get, you know, residual income on. And uh, it was a renting and holding strategy. And that's what we did. And um, at this time, my network marketing career started to take off higher and higher and higher. And it started to demand more of my time. Uh, and so this ended up being a massive silver lining because you guys kind of know where this is going, you know, for 08, I actually sold my interest in all of those properties in 07. Uh, That's crazy. I, I, I wasn't smart enough to know there was a crash coming or looming. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I was just, money was good. We were, we were <clears throat> transacting a lot of homes. It was, it was awesome. And, uh, and we were, we were investing a lot with a lot of investor money and uh, just buying a lot of properties. And I, you know, I went to my partners and I go, guys, I want out. They're like, you're freaking crazy. Why do you want out? <laughs> we got a, we got a great thing going here. 
And I was just like, look, my, I love, I love the aspect of a real estate agent. I love that. But my passion is actually network marketing. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to bleed my passion onto any of you. Just saying for me, my passion was more in the network marketing arena than it was being a real estate agent. And so I literally just met with them and said, I want out. I just, just buy me out of the interest of all of my properties that I, that I have ownership in. And they did. And, uh, and then in 08, they literally lost it all. Um, and I feel terrible, you know, yeah, that's unfortunate partners. Cause it sucks. I mean, 08 ruined a lot of people's lives and hit the reset button on so many people's lives. Um, and, uh, and so that was kind of my deepest dive into real estate. Uh, so yeah, I know what it, I know what it feels like to be an agent. I know what it feels like to, you know, negotiate and try and take care of your clients. Uh, I've obviously sold many homes myself, uh, you know, I, I, and, uh, you know, uh, bought homes myself. Uh, I do not have an active license anymore, Jordan. So uh, I kind of let that lapse. Um, it was just something that I didn't, you know, I just didn't have time to keep up. And it didn't make you know, sense. It didn't make sense anymore for me. And, and then I just started, you know, utilizing and using uh, just for my own uh, home purchases. I haven't really dove deep back into real estate ownership yet. Um, so it's something that I have back on my goal, you know, list that I would want to do eventually. Um, but I've just been into accumulating uh, wealth. I've got life insurance strategies of accumulating wealth that, I, that I'm going, that, I, that I'm hardcore into right now. And once I hit kind of these, these next levels, I will 100% be back into real estate. I, I won't go and get my license again. You know, I'll just use obviously trusted sources and trusted people that, that want to, you know, help me at, you know, that time meet my goals, but uh, you know, definitely love real estate, massive passion for it. And I think that everybody who wants to accumulate, you know, large levels of wealth, you know, and tax deductions and write-offs and all the strategies that are out there from a financial level yeah. has to have their arm in real estate somewhere. Yeah. Right. What's interesting is as you've been talking, yeah, I did have that, those concerns with Jordan right at the beginning, but you know, as we've been talking, um, the things that you've been telling us, it just translates over from business to from business owner to business owner. You know, you're doing network marketing. We do real estate. I am thinking back to other, you know, I've been self-employed for most of my adult life. And I think back to those other jobs that I've done and literally those things all translate over. So, so no, this was great. I think we're coming up on about an hour, Jordan. Should we get this wrapped up? Yeah. So I, I, I just wanted to kind of come back to that and then I'll wrap it up. But I was thinking, um, as we were talking and basically Craig's in a different industry than us and there, I want to say it was Andre Agassi's book. Uh, it was one of those top seller books. Um, it was just his face on, on it. I think it was a biography, but anyways, he talks about, um, how he learned and, and motivated himself once he hit the top, uh, top place in tennis. Um, and he said one of the best ways that he learned was to learn from different industries or different sports. And he said, so many people, you know, in the tennis world, they got so focused on tennis that they just studied, studied, and everybody's doing the same thing in that industry. And he said, that's what separated himself is he, he went and learned from different sports and, and other things that he was interested in. 
And I think uh, at times we get so focused on what we're doing, but we're, we're in our human nature. We want to learn about everything. Most of the time, I mean, most people want to learn new things. They either don't have the time, they're too stressed or uh, busy, whatever reason. But I think this is a great eye-opening podcast for for me as well because uh, initially my reason was I just want Craig on because I know Craig and he, you know, he's an awesome person. But I, as this has gone on, I just think the the similarities in the industry and and we've been talking to everybody in real estate, every podcast up until this point has been someone that is directly related to, to uh, real estate. And I hope for the listeners, um, this can open your eyes a little bit more to how different industries and, and building relationships can help you. Um, Craig, when we, we started this podcast, um, I used to have a Utah jazz podcast. And so I was like, <laughs> let's start a real estate podcast. The Utah jazz one fell apart because everyone just kind of went in their separate ways. But uh, I was trying to think, you know, what what do I want to get out of this podcast? And and you mentioned it even before, you know, who are you targeting? And the three things that we try and hit on every time is one, education. We want to educate people. And the second is inspire. I, I feel like the more that we do these podcasts, the education and inspire are just becoming one. I think you educated us a lot on how to build relationships and and in doing so, educating you inspires you to, to go and do more. And then um, the last thing that we really like to do, and we've talked about this already in the podcast, is we want to connect. We want to connect with people. Um, and right now with COVID, it's harder to connect than probably ever. And hopefully all this stuff is is going away eventually. But it's been so nice and refreshing for me and Darren to take one hour of each week to just sit down and, and have you as busy as you are block an hour out for us. We appreciate it because it allows no distractions and it allows us to really connect with who we're talking to. And that's uh, the most important thing I think for, for all of us. Uh, I know you said that money motivates you, but it's really what, what are you leaving behind and, and what are people thinking of you? And, that's what we're trying to cre uh, create here. So um, I just want to say thanks. It was an awesome podcast. And I hope that we can connect you with people for your industry. Someone will listen to this and reach out to you. And uh, hopefully the, the same way, I think um, everyone we've had on, it's a, a mutual agreement. This is a great way to get our names out there, tell stories. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast that said everybody has a story story but nobody wants to listen <laughs> and that's the reason they created their podcast is because they can have people on to tell their story and then people will listen um so it's it's an awesome thing i love podcasting i know that when me and darren do this we we get a, a fire each week that lights us so um why don't you craig share the best way to get in touch with you if if someone's listening to this how can they reach out to you and learn from you or if they want to do a deal with you or anything, what, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing for people to get in touch with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm very deeply connected in the social media world. Um, so it, you know, the, the fastest way I do, I do read every one of my, you know, direct messages, uh, you know, Facebook messages, LinkedIn messages. So 
you know, if you want to, if you definitely want to follow me, follow my, you know, follow my journey, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, they're all there. Even TikTok now, it's kind of funny, but uh, it's just, it's a platform of reach. And I know it's, it's just wild, but I think if you're really truly wanting to inspire an audience, you've got to ride the trends of, of, uh, of social. Um, and, and so, yeah, so feel free to reach out, follow me. You can message me just Craig Cotter, C-R-A-I-G-K-O-T-T-E-R. Uh, it's a very unique name. There's not anybody else out there in, in, in Facebook land that you could even, uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy to find me. If you just do a, a quick, even Google search, uh, you can find me on social media platforms and, and, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me on social media. No problem. Great. Yeah. And, and if for some reason you're just really struggling with finding Craig, reach out to us. Uh, you can get us at Wasatch Wheeler, Wasatch Wilcox, or email us at Wasatch Bros. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, you like the content, you want to support our, our listeners, me and Darren, our guests, the best thing you can do, and anybody can do this, it doesn't cost any money, go subscribe. Go leave a comment, share it on your Facebook and help us get the word out because um, that's really how, how something small like this starts and then grows momentum is people get behind it by just sharing and social media like Craig was saying is very powerful. Um, Craig, I appreciate it. It's, it's always awesome catching up with you and hopefully it's not another five years again. <laughs> Hey man, let's not, let's not, let's not let that happen. So you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. Uh, continue to do it. And uh, let's, uh, let's go and inspire some more people and help out as many people that are willing to listen and learn. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. It was great to meet you. Yeah. You maybe, you maybe the next time we see you, we'll be at a Utah jazz um, parade after they win the championship. It's, <laughs> it's, it's in my heart, man. I want it as bad as anybody. For sure. <laughs> All right, man. We'll okay. talk to you later. Thanks. Yeah, thanks we'll guys. see ya. Okay, bye.